Thank you for listening in to this week's sermon from Restoration Church Bryan. To learn more about Restoration, you can find us online at restorationbryan.com. We are so grateful for all those who are able to listen online, and we pray the message encourages you and challenges you as you draw closer to Jesus. If you are not already connected to a local church, we would love to invite you to join us for worship. If you are listening from another city, we pray that this message is a great supplement to your walk with Christ, and our hope is that you would have a gospel-centered local church that you call home. Thanks again for listening. Well, if you've got your Bibles, Acts 16, verse 6 through 15, ho- hopefully you're there. Uh, and we're going to dive into the text in, in just a moment. My, my freshman year at a and I, I had uh, my, my first uh, Pentecostal-like experience, uh, P- Pentecostal revival service experience. Uh, I, I, and a few of you have heard this story years back, but I, I went to my college roommates. I, I think, I don't remember which one, but uh, in town, uh, it, it was a small little Assemblies of God church. Uh, I, I, I honestly don't remember where, but needless to say, uh, this, this poor little sheltered, small Baptist church boy was not, uh, not ready for the experience, uh, not, not even remotely. Uh, and so only a few songs into the service, uh, Banner Lady was running wind sprints around the sanctuary. Uh, the pastor uh, was all uh, amped up like, like Stephen Furtick on steroids. And, uh, and then there was like 50 people all around me just shouting and speaking in tongues. Uh, not an interpreter in sight. Uh, and y'all, I, I, I bolted. <laughs> Like, like I, I just, I just got out of there. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that my roommate found me uh, curled up in the fetal position on the front lawn of the church. Uh, not really. It didn't. It didn't go down like that. But, but I, I did. I did leave. <laughs> uh, at 18, here's what I knew. At 18, I knew I, I, I wanted, I wanted more of God. Uh, but, but I, I, and there's no doubt in my mind, I think the Spirit of God was, was drawing me uh, to take ownership of my faith as a, as a Christian. But at the time, I, my thought was, was something along the lines of, hey, if this, if, if that was being uh, led by the Spirit, I, I, I was having a hard time connecting the experience to, to the Word of God and, and to the, the, the actual biblical role in the function of the Holy Spirit. And so that's, that's what we're going to look at this morning, church fam. And, and, you know, last week, church family, we, we, we dialed in on, on the DNA of a disciple maker. We, we, we looked at the heart and the patterns of the Apostle Paul, uh, who, who really was just following in the footsteps of the OG disciple maker, Jesus himself. But what I love about the, the, the timeline and the story of Acts, I love the there's this seamless exchange of human initiative and gospel proclamation and disciple making effort with the movement of the Holy Spirit, with the movement of the Holy Spirit who was who was guiding and directing all of it. Amen. Guiding and directing all of it. Restoration fam, one of our, one of our core values is the value of, of spiritual faith. In fact, uh, without faith, Hebrews says without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
Without faith, Hebrews tells us, it's impossible to please God. And I would add that unless you are led by the Spirit, Christian, it is impossible to know the path of God for you. Impossible to know the path of God for your life. And so I, I, just, I just say, Christian, what, what about you? Are, are, the question is, are you being led by the Spirit of God right now? Like, like really led your, your stuff, your life, your, your desires. Are they submitted to and surrendered to, Christian, the Spirit of God in you? Because see, here in Acts, we, we've said this all along, the, the blueprint of Acts 1.8 is unfolding. There we go, there's three birds behind me. The blueprint of Acts 1.8 is unfolding. The, the, the gospel is going forth, uh, and it's impacting, it's gone forth from Jerusalem to, to Judea, through Samaria, and, and now we, we're seeing it even in Acts 16 going to the ends of the earth. But make no mistake, with all the initiative and effort uh, going on in Acts at this point, the early church was a spirit-led church. Amen? Amen. Question is, are, are we? Are we today walking in that same pattern? And so we're going to look at, at some of the things that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God is raising up in Acts 16. The first thing uh, that we, we see is we see when, when the Spirit, if you're following along in the bulletin, our first point, when the Spirit says no. When the Spirit says no. I want you to look at your neighbor and just tell them no. <laughs> look, at your other look at your other neighbor tell them No. Man, that, that came way too natural for some of you guys. So, so look at the text. Let's look at verse 6 through 8. It says this, They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. So is, is, the second, is this second missionary journey begins to unfold... Paul, uh, and we talked about this last week, initially he travels back through the, the regional province of Galatia and he's, he's visiting the churches. Remember last week they, they picked up Timothy. Immediately upon picking up Timothy in verse 6, they, they, verse 6 finds their little missionary band trying to make their way into West Asia. Now, now here, here's, here's the thing you got to understand. Uh, a little caveat, this is not modern day Asia as we would think about it. It's, it's the, 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 in biblical times, the region of Asia was, was essentially modern day Turkey. But, but something interesting happens here in verse 6. Look at the text. It tells us they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. In, in, in the Greek, that, that word forbidden is the word koleo. It means to prevent or to hinder. And so at this point in the text, like if you're following along, you're going, what? Like what in the world? Like what? What is happening? They wanted to share the gospel, but you're telling me that God himself hindered them from doing it? Like what? What is what is going on? And and why? And and how in this instant did the the Holy Spirit speak and operate and move and, and, and we can only we can only speculate 
we can only speculate. What, what we do know, Silas and Paul, Silas and Paul were, were both prophets, so it could have been, it could have been prophetic utterance. Uh, it could have been a, an inner prompting. Uh, it could have been through physical circumstances or, or through just outright opposition, right? Uh, one of the more interesting uh, things, theories that I read this past week is that it could have been uh, an illness or, or a sickness that forced Paul to change directions and seek out a doctor, ultimately leading him to Dr. Luke, whom we'll, we'll soon meet. But shortly thereafter, in, in, in verse 7, as they, as they continue to travel northwest, it, it, look at verse 7. Uh, they, they try again, this time, to go into an area called Bithynia. But, but check out our text. This was modern day northwest Turkey. Once again, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So in verse 8, they, they, they finally arrive in, in Troas. Troas was, was sort of the gateway from the east to, to west as, as they, they're, they're heading into Europe. But, but at this point, they are 585 miles from the Antioch church in Syria. Like, what a wild start to the second missionary journey. Like, what a, I, I, and I know this is so hard for us to do. It's, it's hard for ourselves to, to insert uh, ourselves into the biblical picture. Like we walk in our shoes. Sometimes it's hard to, to imagine. But can you imagine what, what Paul and Silas and Timothy and Luke, are, are, soon to be Luke, are, are going through? The uncertainty, the, the frustration from two major roadblocks. Like how, how would they respond in the face of the Holy Spirit telling them no, not, not once, but, but twice? And see, back, back in Acts 15, Paul and company had, had strategized and, and the, they, they, they strategized to go back and to visit the Galatian churches that they had planted. And check this out. God blessed those plans. God, God absolutely blessed those plans. But here, but here, after visiting the Galatian churches, we see that God directly interrupts and frustrates those plans to go into new territory. And they were learning an important lesson. R.C. Sproul, church family, R.C. Sproul says it like this. One of the ways that God leads his people is by closing doors. One of the ways that God leads his people is by closing doors. He nudges, Sproul says, and guides us to the work and the place he wants us to be in. But sometimes God, but sometimes God says no. Hey, y'all can just kill the screen. You know, just make it go black. Can y'all do that? Is that cool? Just or not. Sometimes God, sometimes God uh, gives us no. One of one of my favorite, one of my favorite uh, Jim Carrey movies is uh, is a movie called Bruce Almighty. Uh, it's funny, but it's not necessarily the movie you want to build like a theological framework around for your life. Uh, and, and so uh, in the movie, uh, Jim Carrey's character, uh, Bruce, he gets to play God for a bit. And, and he, he tries his hand at, at running the world. And, and at one point, 
uh, not wanting to, to deal with all. So, so he's getting his prayer request emails, right? So the prayer request emails are coming in and he's not wanting to deal with them. So if you've seen the movie, what does he do? He replies, he writes yes to all, right? He replies yes to all. And, and, and so, so uh, if you've seen the movie, uh, he thinks that it's going to make everybody happy and, and uh, actually chaos ensues. Here's the thing. Uh, church, God, God's nose are a, are a grace and a gift to us. Amen? God's nose are a grace and a gift to us. A, a, like, sometimes, listen, sometimes no, no means not now. In, in those instances, it's, it's, more, it's more of a timing issue. And, and often, listen, God's, God's nose are because He sees what you can't. I'm not omniscient. I'm not the sovereign God of the universe, so, so there are times where, where God, God sees what we cannot. And here's, here's the application. Hey, let, let, let me drop some application right, right here. God, God's will is, is fairly simple. <laughs> he, he wants you, Christian, to follow Jesus and make Jesus known. Amen? He wants you to follow Jesus and make Him known. Yes, absolutely. God, God is in the details. God is in, He is a personal God in the details of our lives. But I, I think we, we overthink and we, we over-spiritualize at times. Sometimes, what I mean by that is sometimes God will bless your plans as you do your best to discern His will and to discern walking in the path that He has. At other times, listen, He is going to interrupt. He is going to interrupt your stuff. He's going to stop your stuff. He's going to redirect your stuff. See, notice, notice Paul when the Holy Spirit said no. Notice Paul didn't just shut it down, right? No, he, he keeps moving. He keeps moving. And no doubt, they kept praying. They kept seeking the voice of God. And, and, and Christian, hear this. Hear this. A, a, a great way to hear the voice of God. You, you may want to write this down. A great way to hear the voice of God is to read your Bible. <laughs> it's to, you read your Bible. Tony Evans, I, I couldn't put it any better than Tony Evans. Dr. Evans says this, the, the more scripture we know, the more material the spirit has to work with in our hearts and minds. The more scripture we know, the more material the spirit has to work with in our hearts and minds. The spirit, listen, Dr. Evans says the spirit also provides guidance by stirring up inner convictions about decisions we need to make. But he will never lead us to do anything contrary to the scripture. And here's the other thing we've talked often as we uh, talked about often as we've gone through Acts is the spirit not only glorifies Jesus, but the spirit connects us to the mission of Jesus. Christian, you want to know the mission of Jesus for your life? Be connected to the Spirit of God. As missionary David, David Livingston said, without Christ, not one step. With Christ, anywhere. With Christ, anywhere. Christian, be, be flexible. Be, be open-handed before God. When, when God... Uh, seeks to redirect or flat out refuses to let you move forward in a certain direction and know that that no may be God's gift to you. He sees what you cannot. 
Amen? He sees what you don't. Second thing this morning. So we're going to look at when the Spirit enhances the mission of Jesus. And I know we still got three birds up here, so those birds are not telling you the points. You, you just have to listen. <laughs> when the Spirit enhances the mission of Jesus, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, enhance the mission. <laughs> look at your other neighbor and tell them, enhance the mission. <laughs> okay, look at verses 9 through 12. It, it tells us this. In a vision appeared to Paul in the night, a man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision immediately, we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace and the following day to Neapolis and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city some days. I'll stop right there. So in this vision, there, there's, this, there's this mystery man urging. In, in, in the Greek, it's this word parakaleo. It means, it means asking earnestly. They're, they're pleading, please come to Macedonia. Some, some commentators, some guys think that maybe this was Luke himself. Uh, I, I tend to lean away from this view because uh, mostly because I, I believe they picked up Luke in Troas. Because immediately after the vision in Troas, check this out, verse 10, the pronouns of the, of the text shift from the third person to the first person plural. What does that mean? It means this, Luke, the author of Acts, has joined the party, right? Right? Luke, the author of Acts, has joined the party. I, I, I know for some of you, uh, seventh grade English was, was like a source of great anxiety, all right? Um, but, but pronouns actually are important, okay? Uh, and they're important in the text. But in verse 11 and 12, Luke joins the group as they make their way to Philippi. And church, this, this is one of those moments in Acts that is so pivotal it, it's so pivotal but but you can easily miss it think about this without the intervention of the holy spirit without the without the addition of of luke we don't have acts like we we don't have acts in our bibles pa pause for just a moment and think about the bible think about the new testament without acts Think about going through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then skipping to Romans, and then right into Paul's letters to the churches. It, it, Paul's letters would read like a bunch of random, disconnected letters with very little context. And, and those, those letters, listen, they, they give us a, a glimpse of the on-the-ground mission at the local church level, but Luke's, it was Luke's writings that bring everything together, Amen. It was Luke's writings that bring, bring it all together. Luke gives us the, the 30,000 foot aerial view, the bigger picture of what the Spirit of God was doing, what He was raising up in the, in the world, what He was raising up in the church. And so church fam, I, I, I want you to connect the dots. If you go back to verse 6 and 7, part of the ripple effect of the Spirit of God saying no is what led them to Luke. It's what led them to Luke. And yes, God would use Luke to enhance the mission through his assistance on 
these journey, this journey, but so much more than that, Luke's writing of the gospel that bears his name, his writing of Acts in, in documenting the launch of the early church as the Spirit of God fell on the church, his documenting these journeys and the mission, man, that becomes a vital piece of the New Testament. God used Luke to enhance the mission. He used Luke to enhance the mission. They're not here. They were, they were at the first service. But our, our twins, seventh grade, uh, our seventh graders, Luke and Levi, they they they've uh, they've started a fake uh, Pokemon card business. And uh, the mission the mission is to get fake uh, customized Pokemon cards to their classmates for for a price, of course. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure of the legality of their organization. Um, However, <laughs> early on, it, it was, it was, it was kind of rough. They, the, the, the product was less than excellent. Let me just say that. Um, they, they would use their little Pokemon computer program uh, to design fake cards and, and uh, cut them out. And then they would paste them on the backs of real cards, okay? And uh, you could spot the fake from a mile away uh, until you enter uh, Mama Brooks, and they recruited Stephanie. Let, let's just say the, the mission has been enhanced. See, mom has connected the boys to a, 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 little, a little group that we like to call Copy Corner. And they're no longer using the cheap uh, printer paper. Uh, they, no, 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 no. They're using the glossy cardstock from Copy Corner. <laughs> and the boys give mom the, the supply money, and mom has the cards printed on the good stuff. Needless to say, their little entrepreneurial enterprise has taken off. Uh, business is booming. Uh, the, the addition of Steph has taken the mission to a different level, okay? Also, the addition of Titus has brought the fourth grade class as a customer base. Um, <laughs> side note, uh, Steph did want me to tell everyone that it says fake on the card. So hopefully the twins are not going to be doing any time uh, any, anytime soon. So church, listen, if the mission is to make disciples We've got to understand when when the spirit is enhancing the work. Amen. Like this, this changes the way you think about your stuff. It, it changes the way you think about class and and work. It changes the way you 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 think about your rhythms and your relationships. It it changes the way you think about marriage or your future marriage partner. Listen, students, girls, like you you may you may need to dial it back on looking for the dude with like the perfect hair flip, right? And look for the guy who whose only desire is to be perfectly aligned with the will of God. Don't, don't, don't worry about what his major is. Does he major on the mission of Jesus? And does he want to love and, and serve others well? See, church, we, we've said this church is a team sport. And so whether we're talking about your marriage, whether we're talking about your small group or, or other Christians in your classroom or in your workspace, we've got to get dialed in on the Spirit's desire to bring others alongside us to enhance the mission of God, Jesus, in our lives. Amen? Got to pay attention. Third thing this morning. 
We're going to look at when the Spirit draws people to Jesus in verse 13 through 15. When the Spirit draws people to Jesus. Why don't you look at your neighbor and say, draw people. Look at your other neighbor and tell them, draw people. It's much more pleasant than no. 13 says this. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the woman who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Theatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. And the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. She was baptized in her household as well. She urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. We get a little insight here into Philippi because it, it took it took 10 Jewish men to form a, a Jewish synagogue. So it's widely believed that there, there, there was no synagogue in Philippi. So so Paul, you know, that's Paul's strategy. So so they had to expand the strategy. So they find themselves outside the city gates. They find themselves next to a river and there they, they, they found a, a group of women who had come together. And in the Greek, that, that, that word for come together is synerkomai. It means to meet or to assemble. And so Lydia, Lydia was a, a worshiper of God. She was a God-fear, but she's a Gentile. So she had come to believe that, that the God of Israel was God. But she was unaware of the truth of Jesus. I, I, I think it was Matt Chandler who, who said that Paul and Silas stumbled upon a first century Bethmore Bible study. <laughs> and the text tells us that, that Lydia was an entrepreneur. She, she was a woman of means from Theatara. But, but check this out, church. This is crazy. Theatara was in Asia. Theatara was in Asia. The very place that Paul had just been forbidden to go. So if you're following along, the, ver the, the very first convert on European soil was an Asian woman. Tell me that God isn't about a diverse global church. Amen? Man. And see, little, little did Lydia know what God had in store for her. Though, though she was already a spiritual seeker, it, it wasn't until two things happened that she became a follower of Jesus. First, first, the Spirit of God had to open her heart to respond to the truth, the good news of Jesus. But second, Paul had to open his mouth and actually proclaim the truth of Christ crucified for her sin and raised. And so there, there's no removing the element of human responsibility. But understand this, unless the Spirit of God goes before us and opens hearts and draws people to the beauty of the gospel, there is no salvation. There is no salvation. Spirit of God has got to intervene. And, and, and so Steph, Steph and I, we, we've, gotten, we've gotten sucked into this show, uh, Manifest. No, not yes. Uh, and, and, and it's like we're on season three, a few episodes in. And, and, and Manifest is like the, it's like the mid-2000s show Lost, except it's like if Lost had a distant cousin that nobody liked. That's Manifest. 
Um, spoiler alert, uh, in the show, the, 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 the survivors of this plane crash, they, they, they have these, these visions that they, that they call callings uh, that, that ultimately draw them in to, to helping others and, and, and you think they're, they're doing good. Uh, and, and so they're having these callings and, and, and overall it's just kind of, it's kind of cheesy and hokey and awful and we keep watching it. And, and so the idea of the show is, is that there is some type of intervention. There, there is maybe, maybe even divine intervention going on that is, that is drawing them to respond to and, and follow this higher power. But without the intervention, they, they, they would remain, the idea is that they just would remain oblivious to the voice and the calling. And here, here's my point, church family, we are, we are so quick to forget that there is, a, there is a spiritual battle being waged, amen? Paul says this in Ephesians 6.12, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. Before that, Paul would write 2 Corinthians 4.4. He would write this to the church at Corinth. Satan has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. And here's what that's telling us. We're completely spiritually blind. And that sounds like terrible news unless until you wake up to the fact that Jesus still saves. Amen. Praise God. Praise God that all the way back in Ezekiel 36, you have this this prophecy that points to this future reality of a God who would give people new hearts. A God who would give people hearts that were responsive to him, a heart that loved him, a heart that believes and so, what, what, is, what does that mean? Let's, let's talk a little bit of application around that. What does that mean for us, church? I, I think it means this. We, we lose sight of this reality. Our, our baseline, our baseline is Romans 3, 10, and 11. Here's our baseline. Ready? None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks God. Paul in Romans 3 says, like, that's, that's our jumping off point. That's our starting off point. And so, Christian, here's what that means. If someone wants to read the Bible with you, if someone wants to have a, a spiritual conversation with you uh, about God, about what they're wrestling with, if they're feeling convicted of sin, right? If, if they want to come to church with you, understand this. God's moving. God's already at work. God's already stirring up their heart and drawing them and recognize that God may be opening their heart to the grace and the greatness of Jesus. Don't miss it. But the other side of this is is be, be sensitive Christian to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. It's not a coincidence that God put that that person on your heart and your mind, right? 
It's not a coincidence. So, so send that text. Pray, pray that prayer. Say that word of encouragement. Do it because, because God may work through you. God may work through you to open their heart and to draw them to Jesus. Amen? I'll close with this this morning and we're done. I'll close with this. Isaiah 48, 17 tells us that the Redeemer, the Lord will lead us in the way we should go. The Lord, the Redeemer, will lead us in the way we should go. Church, do y'all believe that? Do we still believe that? Uh, like, are, are we deists that believe that, oh, God just kind of spun the universe in motion and now He's left us to our own devices? Or do we actually believe in this, yes, big, transcendent, all-powerful, omniscient God, sovereign God, but He's near, amen? He is a personal God who leads His people. And I think something, we, we, we've lost sight of this in the American church. We've lost sight of this fact that, Christian, if you are not being led by the Spirit of God, and if you're not being led by the Word of God, you are being, you're being carried along by cultural currents. And you're, you're being carried along by ideologies of this world. It's a world with man at the center and not the sovereign God of the universe. A God who is sovereign over all things. Listen, when you're led by the Spirit and dialed in to the mission of Jesus, it changes everything. Amen? It changes everything. I've I listened to the first couple of podcasts on, of the rise and, and fall of Mars Hill. It's heartbreaking. So many thoughts. Pray, praise God He uses broken vessels to communicate truth. Amen? Praise God that, that He is sovereign over His church. But, but there was one thing I, I was talking to some of our staff about this week that, that stood out to me as a, the, pastor, the pastor would use the God card and he would say, God told me and God said this and God said that. And ultimately, he used it to avoid confronting the ugliness and the brokenness of his sin. And he ran. And here's the thing. Some of you, some of you right now are running from God. You are running from God. You know, you know that God is drawing you to Jesus, but you also know that step one is to confront the ugliness and the depth of your sin. But I'm here to tell you that the gospel covers all of it. Amen? That Jesus Christ would come as God in human flesh and that He would die on a cross for your sin that He would be resurrected and conquer sin and death that you could not. That He stands ready to take your sin and your shame and your brokenness and impart and give you His righteousness. See, I'm here to tell you that God's grace is greater than your sin. So you, you want to you be led by the Spirit of God, step one, step one is to surrender your life to the Son of God, to Jesus Christ. Y'all pray with me this morning.